Aftershocks TV, Matt and Chris here with you again, and we've got another great episode for you folks. On this time, we're going to upstate New York from hardcore metal veterans, brick by brick. We got guitarist Mike Valente with us. Mike, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? Thanks for coming on. Yo, what's up? How you doing? How's everybody going? Doing good, man. Thanksgiving's upon us. I can't wait to eat and get fatter. Absolutely. (laughs) I, I, I second that, man. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Um, you know, a lot going on, obviously, right now with you guys and Brick by Brick. You guys got uh, on tap is Dismal Existence, the new full length that's coming out February 18th on Epstein Records. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about that uh, just a minute. But first off, man, I want to talk to you about this past weekend. I know you guys played the Upstate Records Family and Friends Showcase. Uh, that was in Brooklyn. Uh, man, what a great lineup that was. Of course, headlined by the almighty Nuclear Assault, man. So, why don't you go ahead and talk about how great it was to not only get back out there in that kind of environment, but to also be playing alongside one of the best, you know, thrash bands of all time, in my opinion. That oh my God. Show. And you know what? They didn't miss a beat. I got to nice. tell you, they, they, they sounded like they did back in the eighties. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. um, that show was just, it was very well-rounded uh, between having old friends there and meeting new friends there's a lot there's a few new bands on there that were that were just incredible and you know and just just seeing old friends and mario and kim from upstate records or they did they did a bang-up job putting that show together and we were so proud to be part of that and um yeah it was just (laughs) i gotta tell you not not used to playing (laughs) <laughs> I hurt the next day. I was like, oh, my oh, God. But I, I did not have a hangover. I do not get hangovers. Nice. Wow, man. That's And, and, and before, wow. not to interrupt you, but yeah. if people are looking at this and wondering why I'm doing this, it's because I can't hear very well. So I'm putting the microphone up to my ear. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, man, yeah, like I said, Dismal Existence, man, new full length coming out in February. And, of course, you know, one of the main highlights on the record is from the first track titled uh, Evil Remains, where you got none other than the almighty Chuck Billy from Testaments doing guest vocals on that, man. So how did you guys wind up recruiting, hooking up with Billy to help out with that track? Well, I got to tell you, it's it's surreal. It's it's very surreal for me to have him sing on on a song that we're performing on. It's just amazing. But um, we have mutual friends, and um, I've seen them play about nine zillion times right next to Slayer. So, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of common denominators. And it was brought up to me because I was asking my friend, I said, we need a good guest vocals on this. I'm like, you think Tom Array will do it? And they're like, no, probably not. And I'm like, all right. He goes, what about Uh Chuck Billy? I'm like, oh, my God, that would be phenomenal. So they hooked it up and, and, you know, we sent them over to stuff and it was like, one of those, I half believed that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, um, the, you know, he, the guy's asking, he's like, Hey, can you do me a favor and reimburse me for the studio time? I'm like, um, yeah, this, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I go, you, you don't even want any money or nothing. He's like, no, no, it's cool. And I'm like, Oh wow. So yeah. And then, then he sent me the tracks and I'm just like, Jesus, you know, and he, he didn't just do one track. He, or, mm-hmm. or one take he did you know he sent me a few takes he goes you pick which one's your favorite and it was just i'm like wow we got we got this guy on our song 
it's yeah. it's amazing. So, yeah, we, I want to send a shout out to Warren for helping us, you know, hook that up. And um, it, it just, yeah, it was, it, it's still not real to me. It's it's mm. crazy, you know. Yeah. No, no doubt, man. And like I said, it's a great song, man. The album, we've gotten a good listen to it, man. We, it, it's, it's sounding great, man. You know, my favorite track on the record is Whiskey is the Truth. You know, I think um, for anyone who follows you guys, man, knows that you guys are all about the booze. You know, Bar, bar is Open is probably my, my favorite all-time track by you guys. I love that video, too. And, you know, anyone who knows you, man, knows that also you got a special love for whiskey. Uh, we talked to... I know we talked to Ray last year and he told us about how you were able to secure, you know, the band's own Jack Daniels single barrel. You know, he told us that you're a Tennessee Squire, you know, major Jack Daniels guy. Um, and now, you know, we've seen now over the last few years, other New York hardcore bands like Madball, more recently Agnostic Front, getting their own single barrel as well, which I'm, I'm going to assume that you kind of helped them out with that. But um, I also saw that you guys now have your own mead as well from a local meadery, man. So, I mean... I mean, we, we see bands, you know, have collaborations with craft beers and shit, but you guys are definitely taking it to a, a different level, man. I guess talk about you and the band's venture you now into this distillery world. And I mean, how much does it really help when it comes to sort of marketing the brick by brick brand when you have collaborations with, with a huge company like a Jack Daniels? Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, it's all a product of COVID. And really? All right. Having all the downtime, being unemployed for a little while. I, I, mm. I have to I have to keep moving or else I'm, I'm gonna do dumb shit. So I try to <laughs> I try to oh I, I I could swear, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Oh yeah. All right, I, I'm sorry. I just I, I run off of the mouth a lot, but okay. it, it was just I <laughs> I was a pain in the ass to Jack Daniels for a for a long time and I'm just like bothering him like I, I wanna be endorsed, I wanna be endorsed, I wanna be endorsed. I'm like they never said no. They just kept bouncing me to a new guy, another mm -hmm. guy, this guy, that guy. Finally, the guy's like, <laughs> so, so anyway, so I kept bothering him. And finally, I got this one guy and we started talking Jack Daniels. And I have an extensive Jack Daniels collection. And when I say extensive, it's uh, don't tell my girl this, but it's probably about 30 <laughs> to 35 grand worth of Jack Daniels, Ooh, rare bottles man. and Ooh you know, knickknacks and stuff, but a lot of my bottles are registered through the distillery. So he actually looked me up. He saw that I was a Tennessee Squire and he suggested, why don't you do a single barrel? So I'm like, all right, what the hell? Why not? So we did the single barrel and it was a massive success. And, you know, in the process of that, we had a metery contact us because they saw the, what we did with the Jack Daniels and the Jack Daniels sold out in it sold in two weeks. Damn. So, uh, or I should say, it was accounted for within two weeks because you're not allowed mm. to sell liquor if you don't have a liquor license. But um, so a lot of people glommed on to that. And then there's the, the meadery's just like, well, why don't you guys do your own mead? And I was like, all right. So I went made a and I never had mead before. So we went up there, did a tasting for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I told him, I said, well, I like this one flavor. I said, but it's a little, little much for me, a little sweet. I go, you know, he's like, okay. So we went and developed the recipe and, and I helped him with it. And we pretty much dumped the flavor and raised the alcohol. And nice. I'm like, yeah, it's like one of his <laughs> most potent meads he's got, but it sips like a whiskey. So I'm like, oh, this yeah. is the best, best recipe. So we did it as a, 
like a a, a, a one-off collaboration kind of thing. And it sold out. It sold like you know, close to 275 bottles in a few weeks. Wow. And um, he just, he, he told me, you know, a few months later, he goes, why don't we just do this as a permanent rotation in my, you know, in my, you know, repertoire or whatever you want to call it. I said, absolutely. So we just did that. And you know what? It's, it's one of the best meads he's got. And he sells a lot of it. So he's happy. And then for shits and giggles, we, we decided to do our own beer this past uh, oh, summer. Nice. And we did a red ale and it's called Bloodshed Red. So we nice. did that. We did a limited amount. It's, it's, there's not really, it's a lot of work to do your own beer. Mm-hmm. And especially if you don't have your a, a liquor license to sell it. You know, we pretty much, it's just a novelty kind of thing. So okay. it, it, there's not really a whole hell of a lot you could do with that. So we, we're, we're going to do it once every season. But there is this meadery slash um, bar that, that does only New York State products. They picked up our Bloodshed Red. So it's at the nice. Bowling Bean Meadery in Albany. So that's kind of cool. And I don't know. We Like I said, COVID, I was bored. And I was just like, well, we can't play music. So we wrote a, we wrote an album. I'm like, let's just sell a bunch of whiskey, I guess, you know? Nice. So it, it, it worked out. And then, then I started, you know, and I realized that I got a lot of friends and bands that weren't touring and making money. So mm-hmm. I asked Madball if they wanted to do one. And, you know, I just, I helped them out with it. Same with Agnostic Front and, um, uh, we got three more on deck. We're doing Sheer Terror, Murphy's Law, and Sick of It All. Sweet. And I'm retiring. I'm well, done good. with it. <laughs> a lot of work. Because I sure. do it all DIY. It's all... God. Right. My fucking God. <laughs> I, say you uh, just leave huh? it. I say you just leave it. Uh, there we go. That's... So, All right, here we go. Some idiots calling me now, so <laughs> I don't know how to shut. Up. I'm stupid when it comes to technology, so please bear with me. Yeah, it's but, all good, bro. It's all good. We but, got, uh, yeah. So keep an eye out for those, and we're just doing, uh, you know, just doing whatever we can to make it through. You know, especially sure. you know that that extra money came in handy for Roger, and seeing all the stuff he's going yeah. through, mm. and uh, you know, it's just it helps. You know, it's just I, I try to think think of my friends and. And, and, you know, what we can do for each other, you know? Sure. Awesome, man. Yeah. Definitely, man. Well, well, man, talk, talk a little bit. You mentioned Roger, and he's obviously going through some stuff. And, um, you know, for people that follow hardcore, Roger's Roger's on the Mount Rushmore of hardcore, man. I mean, he's absolutely he's, he's mm-hmm. absolutely a legend in that world. So talk about not necessarily what he's going through, but how you've seen the community and how it's coming together if it is or if it's just the old heads that are helping out oh no it's 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 everybody i mean it you know the hardcore community i mean even though we're more of a metal band we always had that hardcore mentality mm-hmm. and you know the hardcore community is so tight and and family oriented and i know it's big and scary because you got a lot of tattooed guys and weird looking people in it but you know what it's all love if 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 you're you act right you're right you know mm-hmm. it's just uh rogers rogers doing better uh I, I actually talk to him periodically check in on him and all that and you know he's gives short answers but he always has so um 
he's he's doing all right. He's in in recovery and he's getting through it, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to air too much of his business out there, but hmm. the hardcore community, everybody came through and helped him out. So he's he's definitely on his way, and, and he's not going to be devast- devastated financially. Good, that's good. That's, that's that's probably the best news to hear, man. Well. Well, Mike, let, let's talk a little bit about Dismal Existence. Uh, certainly, um, you guys are, I mean, you guys have the hardcore element, but you guys are, like you said, you're more of a metal band, much more of a metal band. And I don't, maybe it's just me, but it seemed like hardcore was sort of that way in the 90s, where it was a lot more metal than hardcore. And then it went, went back to just being more traditional hardcore for a while. But it feels like now it's actually coming back to that more metalized style do you do you see that or or do you even pay attention to that? In in upstate New York, um, in the, in the the you always had the punk hardcore, which was the fast mm-hmm. and aggressive stuff, and then in in you know you had bands like Cranial Abuse, um, Stigmata. They they mm-hmm. they they paved the way with crossing over the metal into the hardcore up here. So the hardcore genre for all the bands that were local at the time in the late eighties had more of a metal edge to it. Mm -hmm. So the, um, it it was a good crossover and it was labeled Troy core and it was more Mm -hmm. of a stompy, heavier, grittier metal edge, hardcore. So I grew up on that, um, as well as the punk, the, the punk hardcore. So in the nineties, it definitely took more of a metal turn. Uh, not a bad thing. I mean, I loved it, you know, but I, I, I gotta tell you when COC first did, when they did their first metal album, I was like, what the hell is this? These guys, these guys shouldn't be doing this, but mm-hmm. you know, of course now it's, it's, you know, legend. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's always upstate has always had the more metal. I mean, New York mm-hmm. hardcore has always stuck more to the punk element of it. Exactly. Um, up here, it's always been more of the metal crossover. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah, I, I, the outer boroughs always had more of the metallic sound. You know, New York City, I always say, is so much more of a, you know, having grown up there myself, it, it always, like you said, it was more of the punk element in the bands where New Jersey, upstate, Long Island always had definitely more of a metallic, uh, you know, flavor to it, uh, no doubt. So, yeah. I mean, Mike, you guys just also did a great, man, cover of the iconic uh, Sick of It All track, man. Just look around. You know, that's one of my favorite all-time tracks and records uh, in New York hardcore history. And that song, I mean, lyrically, it's probably just as relevant today, man, as it ever has been. Did you guys decide to cover it because of what it represents and what we're seeing pretty much with all the shit going on right now? I mean, what was your decision to cover that track now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, we, we always try to throw a cover or two on, on one of the records that we release just because it just gives people a little sense of, know where we are and what we're doing and and you know the kind of roots i mean we've we've covered deep purple we've covered mm. you know other upstate local bands on there we you know it's it's you know we we do a lot of stuff so you know we did the motorhead cover um mm-hmm. but yeah sick of it all like i said this whole writing process was during covid so seeing all the shit on social media and all my friends getting divided by stupid red and blue and mm-hmm. this and that it's like you know what it's it's ridiculous and and my i'm not a political person 
you know, I have my views and I have my opinions, but I keep them to myself because I respect my friends that don't share the same opinions. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to argue. I'm not going to convince you that you're wrong and you're not going to convince me that I'm wrong. It's just right. is what it is. We all got to get up yes. and work the next morning. But the lyrics to that Sick of It All song, they couldn't be any truer, especially mm -hmm. in this day and age and all the crap going on, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, we're not political. And, you know, going back to the bar is open and, and whiskey is the truth. It's like, I'd rather be a party band. I, I want to show up and have fun. I don't want to discuss any of this shit. Exactly. This is why I play music is to get away from all the crap that I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. All my friends arguing, all people that I don't know, you know, protesting and doing it's like I'm not saying not to do it. It's just that's not my thing. I, I just want to have fun. I, I'm I'm getting mm -hmm. older and you know what? My time is precious and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live it in in anger or or hatred. Uh you know. Mm -hmm. It's that that's that's for the music. The, let that let the music do the talking, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. But I, I, you know, just keep speaking of Madball, you know, I thought it was just ridiculous how you know you had all the music press coming out, you know, and, and they stood their ground in what they believed in, and they didn't want to play a, a show, you know, if you had to get, uh, you know, vaccination requirements, you know. And like I said, it's just you know, to me, in your car scene, it was always it's the antithesis of of that. You know, um, you know that that cheap mentality, man. It was always about thinking for yourself and and you know doing for yourself, or you know, and and obviously you said having connections and bonds with your friends and so forth. It was always a very uh, uni unified sort of scene, and um, I, I'm starting to see kind of a lot of a lot of the big names, you know, guys coming out and expressing that. So it is good to see because that's to me at least what always New York New York hardcore was always about. You know, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't always about politics and shit. So no, I think it's a uh, it was a good thing you guys covered that song. You did, a, I think, a bang-up job on that. Um, you know, I just want to talk about the BAM. You guys were around since 2004. Um, I remember reading somewhere you mentioned that you really didn't get going until about 2015, and that's to me that's pretty interesting because it usually works, you know, the other way around where a band's younger, they're a bit more spry, and, you know, then as they get older, they become maybe less serious because they got more work and family obligations. But for Brick by Brick, it's sort of, you guys have sort of done the opposite where the band really is starting to take off and becoming more established as you're getting older. I mean, why, why is it that you think over the last five or six years or so, the band has really, I guess, become more determined maybe than ever, you know, considering, you know, just because like I said, it usually works the other way around. I mean, was getting Ray in the band, was that maybe what, you know, was that the front man that you maybe had been looking for all this time? That was, you know, he was able to sort of, you know, get you guys and take you guys to sort of that next level where you kind of, you know, we're always hoping to go before, uh, you know, really the band started taking off within the last five or six years. Yeah. Well, the, the, the lineup that we had in brick by brick, um, was a very touchy lineup in 2004 to 2014. Okay. Um, they, uh, nobody held true to what the plan was, I guess you could say. And the singer, the old singer that we had, had a lot to do with it. Uh, he wasn't a very likable person, uh, and we didn't really realize that until we started playing out. And he got us pretty much he, – he got us screwed up more than, than he did good. So okay. it, it was – Ray Ray saw it coming, and we were friends for years. And he's like, hey, if you ever need a fill-in singer, let me know. I said, okay, cool. So we, we did a tour with Biohazard in Canada. 
and I was amazed that the singer actually would take the time off from work to do it. So we did it. And uh, the whole time, you know, people are like, you know, what's up with your singer? You know, he's just, he just didn't fit in the mold. And we didn't realize it really until we did a, a, a good stretch with him. And finally, I'm just like, I, I was on the phone with Ray. I'm like, listen, I said, we got offered a Madball tour in Canada. Um, it's in three months. I said, we haven't even told our singer yet, but I know he's not going to want to do it. He goes, I'm in. All right. So I sent him a list of the songs and we, we got back from the biohazard tour. I said, so you ready to do the mad ball thing? He goes, I'm not doing that. Okay. He goes, get a fill in. I said, sure. No problem. So we got a fill in Ray filled in. We just sat the end of the tour and said, you want to just be in the band? I go, we have fun. You're, you're not a wet blanket. It's just good to have somebody that I can hang out with because being in a band like this, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about the hangs, you know? So mm-hmm. boom, there he was. And then finally one day I get, a, I forgot that we even had another singer and he calls me on the phone. He's like, Hey, uh, are we going to rehearse? I go, Oh yeah, we are, but you're not. He <laughs> <laughs> told me to get somebody to fill in. I got somebody to fill in. See you later. Nice. So, but um, yeah, so we really, couldn't do what we wanted to with the lineup that we had at that period in time. And it was, it was terrible. And I'll tell you a story. We had a showcase uh, with that band in 2005 and Jamie Josta was behind the showcase and he wanted to a couple people to see us and he wanted to put us on tour and do the, the stillborn fests and, you know, we're going to be doing stuff with, you know, hate breed and this and that. And it was great. Set us up with the show. And the singer at the time decided it was more important to get drunk and not show up to the show. Oh, wow. So here we are with all our gear on stage. Oh, fuck. We had to tear it down and say, uh, mm. sorry. <laughs> I guess we're not ready fuck. to do this. And But once we got ready in the band, people, I think people took it serious. And, mm. and even though I think we got less serious just being having all the fun we were doing. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, you know what, this band doesn't argue. We're in the van. We're on, you know, playing in Europe, doing all these tours and all that. And we don't argue. It's just, it's funny. We just have fun. That's it. And it's, that's what it's all about. You know, grown ass men. We don't, I don't need any hangups. Sure. Mm, Definitely. Um, do you think that if Ray hadn't come along or had turned it down, turned down joining the band, that that might have been the end of the band? Do you think that you might have, you know, have had enough at that point? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, uh, Ray Ray reinvigorated the band, and uh, yeah, it, it would not have lasted. It it would have would have ended up in in probably me in in a lot of trouble. Because I probably, probably would end up going to jail for hitting that kid in the head with a hammer or something. I don't know. <laughs> Very nice, man. Well, well, Mike. Obviously, man. Um, and and you mentioned it to us before we even got started because you're outside at a show. But hardcore itself has really kind of led the way to getting music back live. You know, with the with the I don't want to say the end of the pandemic, but with where we are at the pandemic today. And certainly there was that huge festival there that, you know, made national news because people were whining and complaining about it. But it's been great to see that the hardcore bands and fans 
have stood their ground and said, now this is what we're going to do. Now for you and for brick by brick, where is that balance for you between the need to play live and just wanting to play live and being safe as well? Do you, do you even draw that line or do you not worry about it at all? And you just go out and play or where's the line for you? Well, I mean, in my band, we have a mixture of people that are vaxxed and people that are not vaxxed. And okay. you know what? We don't talk about it. It's, mm-hmm. I believe it's up to each individual what their comfortability is. Um, mm-hmm. I did have COVID. I had it back in September. We had to cancel like three or four shows. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't serious. I didn't even break a fever. I had it for two days and I felt fine, but I did my quarantine the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against being vaxxed. I'm against being told to be vaxxed. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you know, give me yeah. a break, you yep. know? Um, I'm going to probably get it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's just, uh, I, I just haven't had time. And, and, and not that I'm being irresponsible, but it's just, I don't know. It, it's, I, again, I don't want to start talking about it because I don't want people yeah. to go, oh, yeah. these guys, this guy, sure. said mm-hmm. this, and da 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 da. It's a, totally. not political for me. It's just everybody should have the the, the right to make the decision. I, I don't, you know, the government telling me I got to do it. That's there's something something doesn't sit right with me when it comes to that. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, there's some people that have lesser immune systems than I do, and I respect them, and I'll wear a mask or I will keep my distance or not talk to them in person you know but um for me it's it's, you know i'm treating it like the flu to tell you the truth and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but i believe covid is the new flu now and i just think that you know give me a vaccination that's gonna prevent it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'll be i'll be first in line but you know I mean, I know it's it's to, it's supposed to diminish, you know, the 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 results and all that. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not afraid of it, and I don't want to play into the fear that the media is is forcing mm-hmm. on people. And yep. I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. And well, there's probably a ton of people that are going to call me an asshole for for saying that. But oh. yeah, that's mm-hmm. just what I believe, and I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, lessen with the person that has the vaccine that is pushing for it. I'm not going to lessen their opinion because you know what? I, I get it. I understand they, they have a right to it. You know, sure. I, that's absolutely it's again, it's like politics. We don't talk about it in the band, talk mm-hmm. about music. We talk about, you know, having fun. It's just is what it is. And I don't know, you know, God forbid anything bites anybody in the ass over, over this pandemic or whatever. But, you know, the, the hardcore bands, when they did that show in New York City, I was there. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I was grinning ear to ear for for the whole time. I needed that. That was that was for my mental, you know, well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I, I needed to I needed to see all my friends that I haven't seen in a year. And, and, and it's just, it was a statement. And, you know, was, was it the correct statement? I don't know, but I had fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get COVID because of that. I got, I got COVID. I don't even know where I got it from. It probably it could have been just in the grocery store, you know? Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the hardcore has been on the far, uh, on the forefront uh, of, you know, going against the grain. I mean, uh, and like I said, the split that's going on, social media is causing it. it, it they're just, mm-hmm. they're just fueling the hatred. 
and yep. it just makes the government easier to pick us apart. You know, uh, that's absolutely. what my thoughts are. Yep, I, my I, opinion. So respect yep. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, man. Well, listen, Mike, I saw you guys were scheduled to do a uh, European run or two, uh, so it seems like you're definitely actively uh, intent on getting this record into as many hands as possible once it comes out, uh, you know, in the winter. Uh, And even though we're seeing a decline now in live music, especially in Europe, where I think a lot of places like even Germany now are on the verge of more lockdowns, um, you guys are definitely, you know, still trying to get out there and, and push push through it. So talk a little bit about, just real quick, you know, what you're planning to do now to promote, you know, once Dismal Existence comes out, you know, uh, to promote the record in a time where we may be seeing some more of this, you know, stuff happening on, on the horizon with lockdowns. I mean, do you guys ever think about maybe uh, doing a live stream, even though, in my opinion, I think a hardcore show and a metal show has got to be experienced live. But at least with, I guess, a live stream, the fans can get a taste of, you know, of the new music and songs that you got. What's your guys' plan, I guess, going forward for the new record once it comes out in February? Well, right now, I mean, we're, we're supposed to be scheduled in February. We're supposed to leave February 5th. Um, the booking agent has not given us a, a full itinerary yet. Okay. So, um, which leads me to believe he might be running into issues with, you know, certain countries that are, that are experience uh, experience an uptick in the, in the the cases or whatever. So I'm not really sure. I'm gonna probably touch base with them probably the end of uh, next week. But if that falls through, then we're gonna wait we'll wait out the winter. And uh, when springtime comes, we have a couple things up our sleeve. Uh, we've been talking to um, Sick of It All's management about possibly doing a run with them. Right. Uh, you know, I got a lot of friends and and all sorts of bands. So I'm sure we'll put something together for us. Uh, you know, God forbid the Europe thing doesn't happen. I really hope it does. Cause it's, it's, we haven't been over there since 2019. Okay. So uh, going forward, just going to beat down every door we can with this record. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I can't give any definite answers now. Everything's up in the air and in the hands of uh, the powers that be, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely makes sense, man. Absolutely. Well, once again, I mean, the band's brick by brick. The new album that's coming out in February is titled Dismal Existence. It'll be out February 18th on Upstate Records. Right now, you can go and check out the Sick of It All cover track for the for the song Just Look Around, out now on all digital platforms. And Mike, just go ahead and let people know uh, where they can go keep up with the band and uh, you know listen to some music from you guys, you know, see where you got merch, all that good stuff. Yeah, based on uh, our, the best place to go see us uh, to, to get information is on Instagram and, and Facebook, like every other band in the world. Uh, UpstateRecordsNY.com. Um, they have all our videos and, and all our merch that they're selling. Uh, we, we go we sell merch through MerchNow.com. Um, February 18th is the, the album's drop, and February 19th is our album release party in Albany, New York. And that's going to consist of Nuclear Assault, Skinless, Ringworm, and we got like two or three other bands on there too. So that's going to be a big party. So if you're in Albany, New York, that'll be at Empire. Uh, That's the club I'm at now. Uh, Tonight, there's uh, Wrist Meets Razor and Vatican playing right now. So Vatican are good dudes, good hardcore band if you want to check out a new band. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's... That's everything we got. So, oh, and uh, December 3rd, we're dropping 
uh, Evil Remains, which is the song with Chuck Billy on it. That's going to be the next single, and that will be uh, through Upstate Records. They're going to announce that. I think it's going to debut through No Echo, um, December 3rd. Very cool. Awesome, man. All right. Well, Gabe, once again, Brick by Brick, Dismal Existence comes out in February. And Mike, man, thanks so much for coming on, bro. And uh, good luck with everything. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you on the road sooner than later. Thank you. Future. Thank you for everything. I re- and I'm sorry about all the technical difficulties. <laughs> all good, man. All good, bro. All right, Mike. Take care, bro. Thank you. Take care. Right, see you, bud. Easy, man. Thank you.